0: Amen. All right, let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, please. Luke chapter number 8. Luke 8, and we'll begin reading in verse number 22 this morning. I'd like to preach to you about the storms of life out of Luke chapter 8, verses 22. Let's read down to verse 25. The storms of life. The Bible says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water and And they obey Him. With that, might I ask you to please bow your heads along with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank You this morning. I believe our hearts have already been ministered to just through the songs. Lord, what a blessing it is to be here this morning with Your people, to be here with Your book, and Lord, to be here with You. And that's our desire. We want to hear from You this morning. Please touch our hearts. And for those that are in the midst of a raging storm, please minister to them today. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Now, we've all had moments in life that we thought would finish us. I I dare say, as, as an adult especially, you know that. I think even as a teenager, you know that in a small way. And perhaps you're sitting here today thinking, what I'm now going through, this is it. This is the last trial. I cannot make it any farther. Can I remind you, that's probably what you said the last time. The last time the storm hit, you probably thought that was it for you, but nevertheless, here you are. Perhaps the storm is now blowing and you are becoming more and more anxious and distressed. You can feel feel it building. Can I just tell you, based on what we've read this morning, the disciples were literally in the same boat. (laughs) They were in that boat. The storm was there and they thought that was it for them. And I think there are some important things we can learn about handling the storms of life from this encounter that the disciples and Jesus had with this particular storm. In verse number 23, I think this is immediately apparent, but my first point is this. Storms rise. Storms rise. These things are going to happen. Problems of any nature. Sickness, financial, marriage, life. Life is filled with storms. The disciples got into the boat at the bidding of their master. Is this correct? Jesus told them to get into the boat. And too many times we think that if we are doing what Jesus told us to do, then no storms will come. Friend, remove that thought from your mind. Storms rise whether you're being obedient or not. They rise for three reasons. Sometimes it is just life happening. Jesus taught us this in Luke chapter 6. He gave the parable about a man building his house upon a rock. Do you remember? And it doesn't matter if you were the wise man or the foolish man. In both cases, the storm came. The rain beat upon that house. One fell, the other stood. You see, it doesn't matter wise or foolish. Sometimes storms are just going to happen. Let me also be quick to say, sometimes you made that storm happen. Sometimes that storm is completely your fault. If you need more information on that, go ask Jonah the prophet. Jonah, go preach to Nineveh the preaching that I bid thee. And he bought a ticket to get on a boat and go to Tarshish, the exact opposite direction of Nineveh. Running as far and as fast as he could from the will of God. The Bible says, the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. You remember the story of Jonah. Once he boarded the boat, he fell asleep, but a storm hit. And the sailors in the boat wake him up and say, hey, oh sleeper, pray to your God. And come to find out after careful investigation He said, guys, it's my fault. This storm is blowing because I am disobeying the call of God in my life. And then perhaps the storm that's raging right now in your heart and mind and in the life, in your life, your sphere of life, maybe this is God's way of doing something incredibly special. And if you will just be patient enough and not grow bitter you're gonna see God do something that you would never have expected to see if you'll just stay in the boat don't jump ship simply because a storm started to blow storms happen I see there are two problems in the passage two problems the disciples had number one the storm that's an obvious one but number two verse 24 master master we perish in Mark's gospel You have the same story, but the disciples ask him a question. Master, carest thou not that we perish? The question is, does Jesus care? You know, there are two problems in the passage. Yes, the storm is a problem, but an even greater problem is when you start to think, has my Savior forsaken me? God, I'm going through something, but if you would just draw nigh and reassure my heart that it's all going to be okay. God, my real struggle here is your face is hidden, and I'm going through something very difficult. Where are you, God? Why don't you show up and show me that you care? That, that causes the greatest distress that a man can feel. Because, guys, you can make it through anything if you know God is nigh. We sang it in Sunday school, no, never alone. The thunder and the lightning can be crashing, but as long as I know my Savior is there in the boat and that He cares, you see, Jesus is asleep and they think He's not doing anything. No, no, He's just not reacting as quickly as you want. He's fully capable of handling the situation, just not on your schedule. Do not start to doubt that He cares. I've seen it the last couple days, getting to spend time with my grandbabies. Maddie, our youngest grandchild, she's a, a year and a half. Am I right on the age? They're still a year and a half. And, and she's fine playing with Papa as long as Mama and Dada are nearby. right? But as soon as she can no longer see Mama or Dada, it doesn't matter who else she's with. Mama, dad, Mama, dad. And there's nothing going wrong. Everything's just fine. But she starts to just panic because she can't see the face of the ones who usually take care of her. And the same thing I have found to be true of us. We're going along in life. We're having a good time, but... We start to look around and go, whoa, wait a minute, I felt the presence of God. I I knew His hand was on me. I could see Him leading me. I I could sense that light shining on the path, but now that's gone. I'm, I'm walking through this valley. The shadow of death is here. God, where are you? The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It talks about how our shepherd makes us to lie down in green pastures and and he lets us lay down by the still waters, not every day. Sometimes he puts you in the middle of the lake where there's a massive storm raging. Don't think that he doesn't care. Your heart might ask that question, but that's why I asked you to sing the song extra loud. I want the answer to that question to ring and reverberate through your soul throughout this week and month and year and ten years and let it ring to eternity. Oh, yes, He cares. I know He cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. It looks like He doesn't, but I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Everything I know about my Jesus says he cares. Another thing in this passage, I believe we can learn about storms. Verse 24, storms rebuke. Storms rise, that's going to happen. But then storms rebuke. It says, Master, Master, they said to him, We perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased. And there was a calm. Jesus rebuked the wind and the raging waves, yes? But then in verse 25, notice his rebuking is not done. He fixed up the water, he fixed up the storm. Now he's going to fix you up. <laughs> verse 25, and he said unto them, Where is your faith? In Mark's gospel, He asked the question like this, how is it that you have no faith? Now, let's let's think about this for a moment. Isn't it fitting for the disciples to panic? There's a storm. Jesus is sleeping. If you just look at this as the natural man, you would think their panic is completely justified. And, And let's be honest, you would panic, I would panic. We would all probably react in a very similar way. How is it that they are lacking faith? In, in what way? What would trigger Jesus to say, where's your faith? How is it that you lack faith? I'll show you where they failed. Verse 22. It came to pass on a certain day he went into a ship with his disciples and he said, he said unto them, Looky here. Look up here. He said unto them. You with me? He said unto them, let us go over unto the other side. What did he say? Get in the boat. We're going to the other side. You know what my, my Savior said? Mike, get in me. I'm going to get you to the other side. That's what he said. As soon as you run over and go, master, master, we're not going to make it. Whoa, time out. Are you saying that I was wrong? Are are you saying that my plan isn't going to work? I said, get in the boat, we're going to make it. I said, get in me, and I'm going to give you grace to overcome anything. Anything. Get in me, and I'm going to bless you with all spiritual blessings, not earthly blessings, spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Get in me, and you're more than a conqueror through me. Get in me, and while the world is troubling you, you can be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Get in me. You will make it. I will never leave thee, never forsake thee, so that you may boldly, boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Jesus said, get in the boat. You're going to make it because He said you're going to make it. You know why we get all, all worried and depressed and anxious and stressed out? Because we're looking at our own strength thinking, how could I overcome this? He didn't expect you to overcome the storms of life alone. That's why He's in the boat with you. Jesus is using this moment now to rebuke them, to say, guys... Just because things are real choppy, don't think that this diminishes my power, my concern. Sometimes we develop amnesia very quickly. As soon as a storm rises, we forget all the other things Jesus has done for us. It just leaves our minds so quickly. Sometimes we forget who we're dealing with. We forget what, and I hold in my hand a Bible, a King James Bible, what we're dealing with. We forget how powerful these words are, how safe and secure these promises are. You know, I'm sure many of you have experienced this. If you, like me, if you're in your mid-30s or above, you've experienced this. I'm so glad nobody laughed at the mid-30s joke. That was good. I just wanted to see how that would fly, but (laughs) it made it. You know, we get new technology. Now, you younger guys, you can just zone out for a minute. This will make no sense to you, but, but for you older folks, you get it. You hand us new technology, and we start playing with the buttons, you know. And, and then after about five minutes, we go, this stupid piece of junk doesn't work. And, and we think, this, this is ridiculous. I'm pressing the right buttons. I'm doing what it says, and it just doesn't work. And that's usually when I call my wife or my 13-year-old genius daughter I mean that in the real way. And she comes over and says, Dad, bing, 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 here you go, it works. (laughs) I think, okay, well, that's not a piece of junk after all. And then I grab it I said, well, that was simple. You You know what it was? I needed somebody else that knows the technology just to show me. Rather than me getting upset and calling it a piece of junk and tossing it across the room, how about you just go to somebody and say, hey, have you ever dealt with this? Do you know how to get me through this little problem? chances are that storm that's blowing in your life, somebody else has probably had the same storm. And you're looking up at the Lord going, I don't get it. It's not working. I've tried to apply the Bible and nothing's turning out right. Oh, be careful. This is where the Lord says, hey, before you start saying that my way doesn't work, my book doesn't work, my promise has failed, I don't care. Before you go down that path, hey, hey, go talk to somebody that knows how to apply the promises. Go talk to somebody that's been through this valley and ask them how I got them through. Storms will rise and then they will often rebuke us. Sometimes, you know, we meet the Lord and we think that after a few weeks or a few years, you know, I've been saved 10 years, 15 years, been saved 20 years. I went to Bible school. I got a degree. And and, and now we think, "I I got the Lord figured out. I've seen all that, I've know, all that I need to see about the Lord. I know where all the promises are. Friend, you have yet to hit the depths of the riches of His mercy, His kindness, His love. You don't know how far these promises will take you. I don't know how far they'll take me. I'm very curious and excited to find out just where God's going to lead us next, where He wants to take me next in my personal life. Let's not get so stubborn to think that I know what Jesus is capable of full stop, and draw a little box around him. Let's not rebuke the Lord, but rather let him tell us where we're lacking. And then lastly, in verse 25, I want to say this. Storms, they rouse the soul. They rise, they rebuke, they rouse, they, they stir things up. This is true in the natural world. You can see a massive storm blow through an area, and what was once covered in earth or sand that storm that wind that wave has washed away that top layer and now you can see some let's say buried treasure some piece of history that's been buried there for who knows decades maybe centuries but it usually takes a massive storm to reveal some buried treasure Something lurking beneath the surface. Perhaps there are things about your God and Savior that have yet to be revealed. We read in the Bible that about the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you like to see one glimpse of His face? Wouldn't you like to have just a glimpse of His glory in your life? Now be honest. Would you like to have just a moment to see God show up in a special way? It might be that that special manifestation of God's tender loving care is hiding under the surface and there needs to be a storm blow through to reveal just how much He cares. Here's what we do. Jesus says, get in the boat. You know what we do? Hang on just a second, Jesus. Let me check the weather app. Okay, yeah. For the rest of the evening, it shows clear skies. This should be good. Let's get in the boat. Right? That's what we do. We, we, we want to make sure, is this safe? Am I going to, going to, is this going to hurt? Is there any? Jesus said, get in the boat. Get in the boat. And, and Jesus, you don't have to promise me smooth sailing. Listen, I'm not asking you to go to the Lord and say, Lord, please do something that will hurt me. Right? This isn't a sadistic thing. God's not trying to hurt you. But we don't go to the Lord negotiating and say, Lord, I will follow, I will serve as long as here are the T's and C's to this agreement, Lord, as long as you don't put me in the middle of the lake during a storm. You get in the boat. What does it say at the end of verse 22? They launched forth if you are going to get to the end of the passage, verse 25, they being afraid wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? You know, they learned something that day. They didn't know what Jesus was capable of. This took their faith from here to there. They knew He was great. They knew He was the Messiah. They were convinced of that. Son of God, Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. They had just heard Jesus preach for a while. They heard all the parables and now they're getting into the boat. They know how, how awesome this man is. He can change water to wine. He can cleanse a leper. He even cares about mother-in-laws. Who does this? This the, What a man. But, but now they're taking it from... Jesus is taking them from here to there. And they stand back and say, we didn't know what we were dealing with. We didn't know how good it could be. And some of you, I love you, but you don't know how good it could be. I'm not saying you look up to heaven and go, God, please let a storm blow through. The storms will come without you asking. You you know why it doesn't work for a lot of people? Because they're still standing on the shore. Verse 22, at the end, these disciples launched forth. They heard the master say, get in the boat and go. Okay, here we go. You have to get started. You have to launch out. Too many people, listen, they heard the parables. You know where Jesus taught the parables? On the seaside, by the shore. And then he turned to the disciples and said, get in the boat. There's a lot of folks that hear the sermon and just stand there and say, that was a good sermon. You're never going to go through the storm which then manifests the greatness and glory of God if you don't get in the boat and launch out. You got to take that step. So what if this, what if that, what if a storm blows? He said, get in the boat. I'm not telling you to put yourself in a dangerous position. I'm telling you to be obedient even if you don't have the answers to what if, what if, what if. Get in the boat. Launch out. If these disciples could go back and do this again, haven't you ever wanted a mulligan in life? Haven't you you golfers, haven't you ever wanted, you know, a mulligan? You you hit one bat off the tee, you said, take a mulligan, redo. Don't you wish we had mulligans for life? God, I'm so sorry. Yesterday was a disaster. Let me just rewrite, go back through it again. Put the disciples back in the boat. Storms blowing. Now they know the master is going to stand up and speak to the sea and calm it down. If you know that's going to happen, how do you react now? The, the wind and the waves start to... You start, it's starting to sprinkle and then the, it comes down heavy. You know what you start to do? You start to get excited. You, your spirit is now roused. Your soul is roused. You're going, hey man, we're going to see it again. Uh, Jesus, hey, the, the, the storm is blowing. We know you can handle this. Man, we'd love to see it. Go ahead, d- do that thing. Oh, man, we just want to bask in your glory. Go ahead, do it. If we could go back through our stormy moments and redo it, you, you know what you would like to be able to do? Say, Lord, that was scary, but I didn't doubt you. I was excited to see what that storm would reveal in my life about you. I learned something about you that I wouldn't have learned without that storm. Embrace the storm. The disciples, if they could go back, they would say, Thank God for this storm. Now that it's here, I'm going to see Jesus do something outstanding. Something I'll never forget. Something that will help me grow in my faith. And you embrace the storm. Moses, what's that in your hand? It's a rod. This is what I do for a living. I'm a shepherd. It's my rod. Been using it for 40 years, God. Okay, throw it down. He threw it down. What happened? It became a serpent. And the Bible says Moses fled because he has good sense. He threw it down and it turned into sometimes something you've been depending on and using for years and it's been safe and it's been controllable and under control in your life and you can manage it and God says, now let me use it, throw it down. And you go, whoa, God, what is that? Why would you do that? God, I don't get it. And you start to run. You know what God told Moses to do? Embrace. Embrace. Embrace the serpent. And the Bible says, Moses turned around, grabbed that sucker by the tail. You know what that tells me? The New Testament says, resist the devil and he will flee. Moses stood up to the snake. The snake was running away and Moses grabbed the tail. <laughs> Moses is no longer running from what God told him to do. Now he's embracing it saying, okay, I, I don't like snakes. This is scary, but God told okay, I'm going to grab it. And as soon as he grabbed it, by faith, at the command of God, he grabbed it, boom, back into a rod. Now now it's calmed down. Embrace it. See it See the storms as an opportunity for God to show you something you never would have learned before. God, please take these thorns out of my flesh. Please, God. Please God. Paul says three times he prayed for the thorn to be removed and the answer came back my grace is sufficient for you. Listen to Paul's answer. Paul's conclusion is most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul learned to embrace the thorns of life. These disciples learned that a storm is not to be feared. It is an opportunity to be used. You know, a few months later, after this story, in Matthew's gospel, we have the story of Peter walking on water. You know what happened in that story? Jesus finished a day's work. He tells the disciples, get in the boat. This time he's not in the boat. He says, you guys go to the other side. They got in the boat. Off they go. Late in the night, storm starts to blow. You know what Jesus does? He starts to walk on the water. And in, in the gospel accounts, it says it, as if he would have passed them by. He's just taking a stroll. He's out for a midnight stroll on the water. Because if you're Jesus, that's what you do. <laughs> you know. And because it's, you know, waves, he's surfing. <laughs> no, no, he's not. He's, he's, he's walking on the water. Okay, you know what the disciples did? They reacted like normal human beings. They said, What is that? You know what Peter's reaction was? When they got scared, Jesus says, Be not afraid. Be of good cheer. It's me. They went, Oh, oh. Peter said, Lord, if if it's you, bid me come unto thee on the water. Jesus said, Come. Peter embraced that storm. You know why why I think he had the boldness to say, can I get out of my comfort zone of this boat and walk on the water there to you? You know what gave him the boldness to do that? A few months before, he went through a storm and he watched Jesus do something outstandingly amazing in it and he thought, well, I know that my Jesus is not going to let me down. Peter got out of that boat. Now, listen, you can rebuke him all you want for watching the waves and sinking a few minutes later. But who else amongst humanity can say that they walked on water? (laughs) For a few minutes there, Peter had his eyes just on Jesus Christ. And there he is taking these steps of faith. Right there on Jesus. I'm not going to try it. (laughs) Jesus didn't bid me walk on the air. (laughs) He steps out of that boat by faith. Why? Because a few months, a few years earlier... In his case, a few months, maybe in your life a few years ago, you saw God do something. That trial, that storm was preparing you for what you're going through now. And maybe this one is just a building block for what you're going to go through later on. Embrace the storm. Let it rouse your soul to say, this is a chance for God to do something I never expected He would do. Tribulations work patience. Patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed for the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us these problems are an opportunity for God to show how much he loves me I will therefore embrace the storm my challenge to you is this the storms are gonna rise and perhaps you will learn a few lessons about your shortcomings in those storms but launch forth. Today, decide. I'm launching forth. I don't know what's going to happen. might be a smooth day. My life might be in jeopardy. But if Jesus says, take this step, I'm taking it. And I want to see where it takes me. I want to see what comes next. Let's all stand, if you would, please. Heads bowed, eyes closed, the pianist will come. We're going to have a few moments to pray about this. Perhaps there are some things that Jesus has told you to do. Maybe there are things that are clearly spelled out in Scripture, and you've just been a bit scared, nervous, maybe even just lazy. Maybe there are some things specifically the Lord has told you to do. Launch forth. Perhaps you heard this sermon today and you say, Pastor Mike, I don't know of any specific thing that the Lord is telling me to do beyond what I'm already doing, but I'd like to learn more about Him. Pray this, Lord, bid me come unto Thee. Volunteer. Say, Lord, I I love what I've seen so far. And I don't think you're done with me yet. Use me again. Show me more. Bid me come unto thee. Hear my Lord, send me. Some are praying, perhaps you, this storm that is blowing in your heart, you can't even bring yourself to come to the altar it's just too painful you don't want to even think about it anymore you're asking yourself why Jesus is asleep Jesus might have been asleep for a moment but he was fully in control you might think that God doesn't know what you're going through and that he doesn't care but he does he does. Give these a f- few moments as speak to the Lord. What about you, the storms of life? Do they teach you something? Do you try to learn? I know they're not pleasant, but you can still thank God for them. Matter of fact, those sharpest thorns are often connected to the sweetest rose. Imagine how great it would be if while in the boat storm raging you don't panic what a compliment to the Lord Lord I don't know what you're gonna do I don't know how we're gonna get out of this but I trust you all I know is you never fail oh that's the testimony we want Father, help us to learn from these storms of life. They rise, they rebuke, they rouse. Lord, help those that have come forward this morning. Perhaps they brought their storms and laid them on the altar. And Father, for those that maybe didn't have the strength to come this way, and they've, they've been carrying the load for so long. I pray that you might encourage them and wrap your arms around them today and just remind them how much you do care. And Father, I, I don't like the storms. I don't. I like the still waters. But Father, I, I want to thank you for, the, for how you've used the storms. And Lord, the, the more we watch you work, the more we see you do, the more we are impressed with you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for how you repeatedly show up despite our shortcomings and take care of us. Father, as we dismiss, I I pray that you'd abundantly bless the fellowship, the food, the time we get to spend together with our church family. God, I'm looking forward to that. Bless our time together. Please dismiss us with your hand upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.